Hey everyone, this is Drew Pagliari at the Power Spread Podcast. This road is paved in gold. It's always summer. Let's roll. Okay, so in the first playoff preview, I looked at the Southern Division, mainly Houston and their interesting schemes led by Wade Phillips and his offensive coordinator, A.J. Smith. That includes Doug Peterson in his high school days and the run and shoot with June Jones and the air raid with Hal Mummy. So in this one, it's going to be more of a broader picture. That's a different intro than the other one. It wasn't my XFL intro. I had more of a broader intro because... This is about the HBCU influence in football. And I'm not talking about the athlete, which it has influenced, but I'm talking about the minds and mainly one man, not just one man. There was a lot that went on, but led by one man, Alvin Cat Coleman, offensive coordinator under the great John Merritt, great head coach for Jackson State and Tennessee State for a long time. So they influenced everything that happened in the HBCU and they had a great influence on some of the great influencers in the NFL and college and everywhere. So we're talking like Sid Gilman, you know, we're talking Bill Walsh, Don Coryell, on and on. So when you look at this, the DC defenders, and I, and I will say a little bit about Seattle as well. I'll get to that. But I wanted to talk about mainly DC. They had the best year in the XFL. Reggie Barlow played some in the NFL and it was a good returner, a really good kick returner for Jacksonville. He had some influences from that for sure, that beyond his HBCU influences. He was a player at Alabama State and a coach and a head coach. Uh, but before we get to that, I'll just say quick that, you know, being at Jacksonville, he was under Tom uh, Coughlin, I think it was. And uh, under, so the, the offensive coordinator for Coughlin at the time was a guy named Chris Palmer. So Barlow was a receiver and a returner, and Palmer was a run-and-shoot guy. Bobby Petrino was also more of the pro spread, but a run-and-shoot as well, because that goes back to Jack Newmeyer and the, through Dennis Erickson and those guys. So Bobby Petrino's a real passing spread guy as well. And then you had Gruden, and uh, Barlow was with uh, at Tampa Bay with John Gruden and Callahan, and that was uh, the West Coast offense. So that was his background, you know, being in the pro style. And then his first year... When he got into coaching again at Alabama State as a quarterback coach, he, his head coach was Tommy Coe, who had recently just been with Tommy West at Memphis in Tommy West's new power spread offense at Memphis in the 2000s, which was based off of Rich Rodriguez and what was going on at Clemson with Tommy Bowden. And then at that time, it was going on with West Virginia. So Barlow has pro style, pro spread, run and shoot, and power spread all to get in his background there, okay? But his original background was Alabama State under a guy named uh, Houston Markham, who, it, 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 I would have to really detail it, and I'm not going to here, but it really goes back to John Merritt and Cat Coleman, what Houston Markham. So, you, I mean, you can almost say it for the whole HBCU. That's why, so, now who, so who's this guy, Cat Coleman, and what is this all about? okay. Well, if you look, if you listen to my last podcast about Houston, how it goes all the way back to even Dutch Meyer and the spread, which really started with Rusty Russell in the 1920s, okay? And then Dutch Meyer was coached and was close with Francis Schmidt as well. And Francis Schmidt ended up being Sid Gilman's mentor, which ended up making the pro style 
which is in the pro spread as well, and a lot of passing, okay? So you have your power spread, you have your pro spread, you have it all going on. Cat Coleman was born in Mississippi. He went to school at Alcorn State, got his BS degree at Michigan. During the time, uh, there was a guy named uh, Kipke, Harry Kipke, who was under Fielding Yost, and he was coaching there at the time when Cat Coleman was there. And then another guy, Fritz Chrysler, came in. Chrysler is an Alonzo Stagg protege. And that's, at that time in the 30s and 40s, we're talking single-wing spinners, all those intricate deception and fakes and all that other stuff going on. Okay? But before him, it was Kipke who took over for Fielding Yost. Coming directly from Fielding Yost, and Kipke was an offensive guy, and at the, Fielding Yost was always an innovator, always aggressive, actually ran what they call him hurry-up Yost because he ran a real quick no-huddle. When he first started, they weren't huddling anyway, but literally they'd run a play and jump up off the ground and run another one. And the defense wasn't even up yet, and they were running another play. So he was the originator of the hurry-up. <laughs> but uh, he also got more into the passing game later. He had a, a, a protege of his named Benny Owen who ended up at Oklahoma, and started passing the ball around more. And, and that influenced Rusty Russell, along with John Heisman. They influenced Rusty Russell to do a spread in Texas at a Texas boys' school. Okay? And then he was good friends with Dutch Meyer. Dutch Meyer was at TCU with Francis Schmidt. Francis Schmidt was one of the originators of passing plays, real intricate passing plays out of the single wing. That's the more condensed pro style where you're condensed to set, but you spread it with the pass after. So he ended up... Uh, coaching at Ohio State, and Sid Gilman was one of his guys. Okay, Well, Dutch Meyer, after Francis Schmidt left, took over TCU, and from the 30s and the 40s, ran the spread offense of Rusty Russell. And a guy took over for him, Abe Martin, in the 50s, and continued to run that spread. Okay, So then Dutch Meyer wrote a book about it called Spread Offense. Cat Coleman, after he left Michigan and had some great influence there by Kipke, and, and, and I'm not sure which one, but both Kip, Kipke and Chrysler, and, you know, interesting progression in the passing and the deception and fakes and play actions and all that stuff. Then he had World War II. I guess he was in the war. And then after that, he, he was coaching at a high school in Oklahoma in the 1946. And guess what? Oklahoma, right next to... TCU, not far away, and there's no doubt in my mind, I have to look more into this, but there's no doubt in my mind that Coleman had uh, influence by Dutch Meyer in the spread. He had to. And then he ended up back at Jackson State, and before you knew it, was with John Merritt in 1953, and he was doing things ahead of its time with the passing game. He was also a very smart guy on his own. He had a BS degree in biology, a master's degree in zoology, okay? He was a science guy, and he thought of it, the field, as a science. And even though Gilman, Sid Gilman, it seemed like a science, he thought of it more as an art, I think. Uh, but, and then Bill Walsh was more the science guy about it. But Don Coriel was more the artist, I think, too, in a way. But anyway, but I think Cat Coleman definitely wanted to spread that field and use all the space like never had been seen before. But that's what Sid Gilman was thinking, too. Uh, I don't know that Russell and Dutch Meyer were thinking that so much. I think they were thinking more about spread sets, about the sets could just, you didn't have to line up in a single, when you could spread out the sets and come out in a set, a spread, a formation, a spread formation. And from there, you put a guy in motion, you have five receivers, one guy goes in motion, you can always do a fly sweep or a run, 
and you can run off of it or pass off of it, but it was a way of opening the field up from the set. But Coleman and Gilman were taking it to a whole nother level of move, you know, spreading out the space after the snap and passing the ball all over the place. Then you saw with Don Coriel and his stuff, Air Coriel, then, you, then Bill Walsh, the West Coast offense, and Mike Martz, the um, greatest team on turf, whatever that was called, but that was coming from Coriel, basically. And it was a real pro spread, great stuff. Okay, so I could keep going and going and giving you tons of names. It's going to get all confusing, so we'll stick to the HBCU. So Cat Coleman was doing all this uh, in the 50s for Tennessee State. Archie, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, John Merritt, his head coach, was just a great CEO, and he knew everyone, man. By the way, his defensive coordinator was Joe Gilman Sr. I'm sorry, Joe Gilliam Sr., not the same as Gilman, Joe Gilliam Sr. And he was a Paul Brown guy, Shaughnessy. He knew all the big guys that were changing the game. And, of course, Sid Gilman. Joe Gilliam Sr. was a quarterback, so he knew offense as well, but he was good at defense, and he was into speed and coverage, mixing coverages. And he's one of the first guys to show a coverage look and shift it at the last second before the snap. So that's cool. I mean, he was real ahead of the game, too. So there you are. John Merritt had two great coordinators going on. Joe Gilliam Sr.'s son was Joe Gilliam Jr., who Gilliam Jr., who actually was a great quarterback for Tennessee State, went to the Steelers. Chuck Knoll, who was a Gilman guy, Sid Gilman, that's Sid, not Gilliam, but Sid Gilman. But I think he knew Gilliam as well because these guys are all from Ohio. Um, Coleman is from uh, Mississippi State, Mississippi. Uh, John Merritt is from Kentucky State, close to Ohio, and I'm pretty sure, sure John Gil, um, uh, Joe Gilliam Sr. was from Dayton, Ohio, I think, but I think he's from Ohio. If I'm wrong, someone correct me. But I know there were Ohio ties, and I'm, you know, Sid Gilman, now we're back to the, getting these names confused. Sid Gilman's the NFL guy. Gilliam is the HBCU guy. Okay, so Sid Gilman played at Ohio State under Francis Schmidt. Okay, so, and then he was a Paul Brown guy, and that's where that all came. Him and Paul Brown changed the sport. Okay, so this is all Ohio. So, uh, John Merritt ended up knowing all these Ohio guys. First, he was good friends with Era Parsegian, who was a Gilman guy. Doug Dickey, more about Tennessee and Florida. But he was also close with Sid Gilman. There's all kinds of pictures with him with Sid. Uh, Jerry Rome, who learned his offense in the 60s with Glenn Dobbs directly from Dutch Meyer. Don Coriel, who was directly from Sid Gilman, but also liked the Dutch Meyer stuff, which might have been due to John Merritt. And then Bill Peck was another friend of his who coached under Howard Fletcher, who was big into the Dutch Meyer stuff. So there's all that passing spread going on. Pro spread and the passing spread of Dutch Meyer, which led to the power spread. Okay. So all this is happening all the way from the 50s into the 60s. John Merritt ended up moving on to Tennessee State in the 60s, taking his coordinators with him. Cat Coleman still experimenting. So is uh, Joe Gilliam. And then under them coaching into the, in the 70s, as we get into the 70s now, was uh, Archie Cooley, who actually played at Jackson State under these guys and then coached under them at Tennessee State. And then he became head coach at Mississippi Valley State in the 80s. And who was his receiver but Jerry Rice? And he was doing something they called the run and gun. They also called it, um, uh, they called it something else. Forget the name of it. Uh, it was for the quarterback. But anyways, 
I like run and gun. It's easier to remember. But Jerry Rice, was, they would line him up on one side and have a four receivers on the other side stacked. Four receiver stack. It was a crazy formation. He would use it. And he did all kinds of things. He also did the no huddle. He also was not huddling. Now, I don't know, you know, the no huddle, Glenn Tiger Ellison, another Ohio guy, good friends with Woody Hayes and knew all those Ohio guys, had to know the, the Dutch Meyer stuff as well, spread offense. He was a, a power player, a power coach like Woody Hayes, but one day was watching kids playing a pickup game and decided, I'm going crazy to another side. I'm going to go full out. He called it the lonesome polecat, just a crazy run and shoot offense. He eventually called it the run and shoot. He wanted his quarterback on the run, a quick little rollout, and then get rid of the ball, shoot, shoot it, like a run and shoot, like basketball, basketball and grass. And I think he was also making his play so simple. It wasn't about the heavy amount of play plays. It was more about option routes. So the receivers could make an option. They had all kinds of options on every route, and they could make an option, and the quarterback would read off of that. So it was an option, it was option football. And option football on the run had already started years ago in the 1940s with Don Farrow and then uh, Bud Wilkinson, an Oklahoma famous coach, and he did the split T and a lot of option. And guess, you think that didn't influence Cat as well? So you've got option football and you've got all kinds of stuff going on. So Cat's combining, in my opinion, it's a PS multiple. It has a lot of pro style stuff plus spread stuff. Passing spread, running spread, option. It probably had it all. One thing I've kind of learned, but I have a lot more to learn yet, is that it was always protecting the quarterback. Sid Gilman was big on that, protect the quarterback. So not too much of the quarterback option stuff that we see later in power spread. So that's one thing. And, and I don't think Tiger Gilman wanted the quarterback running a lot either. I mean, I'm sorry, Tiger Ellison. So when we went into the run and shoot, the three guys off of him were Jack Newmeyer, who ended up making more like a pro spread, but he, he didn't have his quarterback running much, but he had a lot of power game combined with the spread passing. Then we had Red Fott, who almost was directly from Tiger Ellison, which was a lot of fly sweep stuff. And, and by the way, a guy, another guy, uh, Manny Matsakis, learned from Tiger directly. And he also, he calls his the triple option. I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the triple shoot which is a run and shoot combined with a triple option with the fly sweeps and all that too. So it's another way of doing it. And then the third part of that was the passing spread of Mouse Davis, which had June Jones involved in that. And by the way, June Jones is the offensive coordinator for the team the D.C. defenders are playing in the playoffs, Seattle. (laughs) So that's the run and shoot. So that was a passing spread. So all this is mixing in. A lot of people thought Archie Cooley was doing like a run and shoot, but it really wasn't. He was getting it from Coleman, and it was, you know, I don't know how to describe it except power spread multiple because he was doing, maybe not running the quarterback, but he was doing short little passes like the West Coast offense of Bill Walsh, but also deep big shots, big plays. And, you know, he'd do it all in medium, intermediate. This is what Sid Gilman always was envisioning. Don Coryell was like this more too. Do it all. But you don't usually run the quarterback unless he's in trouble. I like the HBCU guys because they did let their quarterbacks run a lot more and they had athletic quarterbacks. They just didn't want to make that a habit using read option that we see now. Okay. Um, so Archie Cooley was a gunslinger. They called him the gunslinger. And so Jerry Rice, you know, guess where he went? San Francisco with who? Bill Walsh. And Bill Walsh looked at this offense. Bill Walsh knew about D- Dutch Meyer because Paul Brown, there's a story. Paul Brown didn't like all the short little horizontal passing game at the Bengals. And he threw the book at Bill Walsh, Dutch Meyer's book. 
So take a look at this and learn something. So, you know, so anyway, I, th I think when you had Mike Martz come along later, we really integrated. Then you had Callahan, Gruden, but really Callahan made it a real passing. He really, all together, the West Coast offense of Walsh with the more West Coast offense passing style of everything integrated together as one. But the one thing is that running quarterback was always a no-no in the pro style. And that was like that with the HBCU to a degree. But like the BYU West Coast offense, you had a lot of, they let the court, it was looser. You could let the quarterback run it like Steve Young. You'd let him run a little bit, but it wasn't a planned, so much planned running. Okay. That didn't come along till Rich Rodriguez, the read option. And then all these guys, the power spread triumph for it of Urban Meyer, Gus Malzahn, and Art Bryles. You started really seeing quarterback running. You started mixing in that option offense, the wishbone style option. But you saw that even earlier in the flex bone. So there's a whole history to all this that leads, leads to where we're at now. So let's jump ahead to where we are now. Well, let me mention one other guy, Johnny Coles. He's another guy. He, learned, he played under Lionel Taylor when Lionel Taylor was coaching Texas Southern and playing against in the 80s. Archie Cooley. So Lionel Taylor also had background in the HBCU. He also coached, he played for the Broncos and the AFL, Houston Oilers, coached for the Steelers, coached for the Rams. Total Sid Gilman influence from, on him. And by the way, he played at New Mexico Highlands in 1959 next to Dutch Meyer in Texas with the spread. So he's seen it all, the spread. He's got Gilman offense, pro offense, pro spread. And then he's at HBCU with Texas Southern watching Archie Cooley. Johnny Coles with one of his pupils. He gets all this stuff from there. And Johnny Coles has done great with his brother, Elsie Cole, at places like Tennessee State after John Merritt had retired and Alabama State. And, you know, who was there at Alabama, you know, and then after that was Alabama State, that was when, yeah, right before Reggie Barlow's, Barlow sh showed up. Okay. Now, Reggie Barlow, his offensive coordinator at Alabama State, when he took over the head coaching job, was Fred Kice, K-A-I-S-S. -S. And Fred Kice goes back to, again, I'm not kidding you, Tennessee State, where Johnny Coles was. But Ricky Diggs is another guy that was there running the triple shoot, kind of like not the same as Manny Matsakis, but what I would call a triple. He was trying to combine triple option with run and shoot. Why? He was at South Carolina under a guy named Frank Sadler who ran the split veer that Bud Wilkinson did, the option stuff. He was like a split veer uh, expert, not exactly like Bud Wilkinson. By then, it was more like wishbone-ish. And then Joe Morrison was head coach and decided to switch to the run and shoot. So Ricky Diggs had the run and shoot and the split veer. Then he went to Fisher DeBerry at Air Force and had more triple option. So he was at Tennessee State trying to combine both. And Fred Kice was there and Johnny Coles was there, but Johnny Coles had his own offense. I'll explain in a minute. Then Fred Kice was at Southern University, HBCU, and a guy named, there was named Mark Orlando was the offensive coordinator who had influence by Cat Coleman, again, like everybody. Then, he, then Fred Kice went to Tennessee State and was under Johnny Coles directly. And Johnny Coles from Lionel Taylor and influences you know, that Taylor had, Archie Cooley and the Cat Coleman, Sid Gilman, he ran the hobo. I love this name, a hobo. How can you beat that? High octane, big play offense. So he taking deep shots, but he's running no huddle. Where do you get that no huddle? Archie Cooley. Okay, where's Archie Cooley getting all this? Cat Coleman. Okay, Bill Walsh, 
with good friends with Sam Weich, even coach Sam Weich at the Bengals. Sam Weich is hearing about watching this no huddle. Guess what the Bengals do with Boomer Esiason and Chris Collinsworth in the day? No huddle. Marv Levy's complaining about it. He brings Jim Kelly from the run and shoot of Miles Davis and June Jones. They implement the K-gun, run and shoot with a no huddle and a tight end. A little, that's why they call it K-gun. So, you know, and now we have no huddle. Now, you know, people, guys, my name is Matt Sackett, people are doing no huddles. And before you know it, it caught fire everywhere. So part of the power spread package. So Coles, Johnny Coles is interesting to me. You got to check this guy out. He'll do uh, no huddle, hurry up. But he does it in a pro style. He doesn't like to run the quarterback with the read option much, from what I can tell. Let him scramble if he has to scramble, if it's not there. But overall, take deep shots, intermediate, short game, whatever the defense gives you. It's like an option-based concept the whole way through. We run the perfect offense because we take what the defense gives us. We can slow down the tempo. We can speed it up. He was talking about one time he was running tempo and he had five receivers, threw in a bunch of other guys and did a power set, couple tight ends, bam, you know. So it's a, it's a PS multiple that we haven't seen yet. The NFL, when they were first bringing power spread in, before Andy Reid really started getting into it in like 2010 with Jim Harbaugh and Kaepernick and all them, and then you had uh, Shanahan's with uh, RG3, it was fractured because it was like, okay, we're going to do some read option, then we're going back to the pro set. And then read option pro. It was a big fractured multiple mess. They used to call it the multiple, but it was a, I call it the multiple fractured, fractured multiple. Johnny Coles, from everything I've learned so far, is not fractured. It's a cool way, and it's simple. It's got to be simple and meshed together as a whole. So I think Johnny Coles needs to get back in the, out there and coaching and, and, and teaching all this. And Fred Kais is doing this at the D.C. Defenders, with Reggie Barlow. Now, Barlow said, we're going to do like an Andy Reid offense. Because that's the best way to say it. Because Andy Reid's the guy that's experimenting the most in the pros. And remember, the XFL is all about getting these guys an opportunity to get back to the NFL. So they want to pump up that NFL idea. And on defense, Reggie Barlow has Greg Williams from Jeff Fisher, who's a Buddy Ryan guy. And, the, and he goes to tennis, Houston Oilers, back to the Houston Oilers, where they run and, sh- run and shoot with run at one point. Remember? So you had all that stuff going. But anyway, so um, Greg Williams is really good at turning defenses around quick. He's just not so good at maintaining that. So let's see how good they are next year. But Greg Williams can turn around quick. I think he gets a little extreme. Like he's either really conservative or really aggressive, and it sort of backfires sometimes. But, I, you know, but, but, for, but he's got this defense. They have this really good offense. Um, Fred Kais, it's, it's an HBCU style. It's a PS multiple, a real deal. I think it's a really cool thing. It harkens back to the my Dutch, the spread. It harkens back to the pro stuff of Gilman. I just love it. I, I love it. And of course, they had the best record. They did the best this year. And I think it's great. And I'm going to learn more about Johnny Coles and learn more. The HBCU was my last deep study. I studied everything. I even looked at what Dartmouth was doing in the 1840s. I'm looked at what the ancient Greeks were doing. You know, I've looked at it all, but I never looked at HBCU. I never studied that stuff. And I knew I had to. I all know about, we all know about the great, you know, African-American black athlete. We all know that stuff, what that changed the game. But the minds of these guys, Cat Coleman's brilliant. John, I'm sorry, Joe Gilliam Sr., brilliant. John Merritt, brilliant in his right as a CEO. I mean, these guys, you know, and, I, and there's more. I mean, Johnny Coles and on and on. So, and you know what I liked about these guys? They bend the rules. 
and they bend the rules so much they got in a lot of there was guys got in trouble everywhere you know with the ncaa and different things archie cooley did too but they bend the rules on the field so you get experimentation you don't usually get and it's and it's simple i love when i heard uh, johnny cole's talking and was something i was listening to it, it's not about being complicated you know this it's not rocket science but loosen up man try stuff you know <laughs> You know, and, and that's been a fear of the NFL for so long because the money's so big. Now the money's big in the college and on all the transferring, the NIL. So look what's happening. College is implementing more pro, more safety. Stuff's getting safer again. But it's, what's also happening is college and pro are meshing together as one again for the first time since the 1940s, since O'Shaun- the great Clark Shaughnessy brought in the modern tee and made the quarterback the king. So and now we have this new... Uh, deal with Hertz, Jalen Hertz. It's a lot of money. But we're going to move into team more. I'm telling you, by the 2030s, you watch. If we're still playing football, it's going to be about team, much more than just quarterback. And you know, maybe your center can be, you know, in the beginning, the center was the leader. The, there was a time when the center was the everything, man. And then there was the single wing tailback. And you had Red Grange, you had Jim Thorpe. They punted, they kicked, they, they ran it, they did everything, caught it. Okay, so anyway. We're going to have changes in all this again. It's not going to be just quarterback and that it again. You're going to, you'll see. Because, you know, I'll tell you one thing. Hurts does a great job of not getting hurt, no pun intended. But if he goes down next year, that's a lot of money for a guy who's injured. And I'm just saying, you know, you, I believe in the running quarterback a little different than the HBCU guys or Sid Gilman. I, I believe that the read option is a great place for it. I also believe if you're going to do that, there needs to be teachings on how not to get injured. But even then, you can still get injured. Like when to lower the shoulder, when to run out of bounds, when to hit the dirt. But even then, there'll be injuries. But there's injuries everywhere. So you have to have a team now. And I, don't, I believe the economics are going to change because of that eventually, over time. But anyway, so on the other side, I know I don't say much about Seattle. I did a review of their team. I'll put the team reviews in the, in the description, the links to those podcasts. But Jim Haslett, great job. His whole uh, culture was about flexibility, and, uh, and he has it. And he has players that can move around and do different things on defense. I think he has a flexible defense. I go in on that on the podcast of the team. And also on offense, uh, June Jones, what can you say? He's a run-and-shoot guy, but of late, he's had more air raid with Hal Mummy. He's had some uh, pistol which is power spread. That came from a guy named Rolovich, one of his pupils, who was at uh, Nevada, where the pistol started with Chris Alt. So he has, a, he has more of a PSRS, power spread run and shoot, I guess I'd call it. So, uh, and of course, he's the mentor to A.J. Smith of Houston, that offensive coordinator. And uh, he runs an A and S, an air and shoot. He's a, his mentors are June Jones and Hell Mummy. Okay, so... Really cool stuff. There's a reason why D.C. was so good. There was a reason why uh, Houston was so good, and a big part of it with their schemes and their imagination and their, and their ideas on culture and how to build a team. And there's a, I mean, with Barlow, you think NFL, but what I missed when I first looked at all these teams before I went into it, I never saw it coming. I, I knew Barlow from Jacksonville Jaguars. I didn't know about him in the HBCU because I hadn't studied that stuff. So this opened up a whole new door, and I had no idea what I was getting into. Wow. HBCU, Kat Coleman, John Merritt, Gilliam. I, I can't wait to learn more. I've, I'm on a Facebook page. These guys are great. They, they know all this stuff. They've, they've already helped me a lot real quick. And uh, I can't wait, and I can't wait to these playoffs. This is great playoff. So, hey, look, Seattle's good. Hassett's done a great job. June Jones, everybody. Uh, they have a nice pass spread. Um, watch out. 
I mean, Seattle could win this, but, you know, I'm sort of rooting for the D.C. Defenders. I'm rooting for HBCU, man. That's who I want. And I want to see what goes down there. And then, um, but I think I would love to see the D.C. and Houston in the final. I think that would be a blast. Uh, Arlington better do something different. Stoops better, like, do a whole lot different there, I think, my opinion. But we'll see what happens. But, but or Arlington's going to lose. But well, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. But, okay, I'm, I'm out. Uh, this is my little history lesson. Uh, have to do some articles more. It'll be easier in writing, obviously, for people to read it. Uh, but we will. I will be back with the XFL review of these games and a preview of the championship game, which is occurring two weeks from this weekend. All right, guys. True Paglia wrapping up here at Power Spread Studios. This road is paved in gold. It's summer, man. We ain't never getting old. Hope you enjoyed. Until next time, over and out.